You have arrived at your destination. Hosh, you still got that PSP of yours? I do. I, I have I have many PSPs. I think I have four of them. Wow. Uh, so a lot of paperweights for you to have. in the. Uh, future, right? I still have games on UMD. Thank you. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, but that's what we're talking about this week on Video Destruct. It's time for the Video Destruct Podcast, with a proper opening this time. Wow. Uh, man, I know, right? It's been uh, a while. It's been a while since we did that. Um, I think we should do that more often, because it, it gives me a clear spot to put in the theme. It's a little bit easier. So, uh, But yeah, uh, this week we're going to be talking about the PSP, because they are uh, t- taking off the PSP library, right? Or you can't download anything from it, right? Well, it... There, this is all rumor and conjecture. Sony hasn't actually come out and said this yet because I don't even think they necessarily know what they're going to do. Right. Um, basically, the I think it was a Bloomberg story that came out earlier this week that the mm. PSP, the Vita, and the PlayStation 3's stores mm. are shutting the F down. Woo! Wow. That's. I mean, it. that stuff's bound to happen, right? I mean, you know. Uh, well, here's the thing is that the... Uh, PSP had a was one of the first systems that really leaned into digital sales, and the PS3 they sold a shitload right. of digital games through that thing. So the only big stores that have shut down so far, where I think it's it, it's been kind of frowned upon, but nobody's really stood up against it yet, was when the Wii went down. Right. Um, and there were all those like WiiWare games and all those virtual console games yeah. that they were like, OK, you have until like next week to download those. And then later. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's uh, a little bit too much faith uh, from a lot of people that buy video games that these things will be around forever. Right. Now, to be, f- to be fair with Nintendo, in that case, there wasn't a whole lot of the time with digital library nintendo stock you know nintendo games they had hundreds of virtual console yeah. games on there yeah hundreds. that's what i mean that's what i mean but like so there wasn't a whole lot of other avenues in which to get it whereas yeah playstation has you know they still have the play store and stuff like that where you'll get stuff now i'm sure there's stuff you won't be able to get with the new stuff that you could get with the ps3 and stuff there's, like that there's quite a few games that are ex- exclusive uh to the ps3 uh and vita that you just can't get anywhere else right i mean yeah you might be able to track down physical copies of like you know a lot of those uh like visual novel games that got really popular on the vita and stuff like that right Uh, but a lot of that stuff's in really short supply so i look at video games from a pure pressure uh preservation perspective yes i'm not looking at it from the perspective of what happened to all my purchases well fucking re-download them and you know hope that hard drive doesn't crash Right. But for me, it's like, what if some of the stuff you can never get again? Like yeah. there was a there was a Blaster Master game uh, yeah. that was for the virtual console that you'll just never be able to get again. Yeah, because exactly. it never came out on anything else. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I think there is a whole lot of faith on the side of the community that this stuff will be here forever. And the only company I've seen that seems to have a great deal of priority and focus on maintaining the past is Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, their backwards compatibility, we've got a story about that this week. Mm-hmm. It continues to be the defining example of that in the industry and fucking trailblazing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, the, the idea that I will thank God, but never have to buy an HD remaster of a game again, just warms my cockles. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Because man, I, that shit, I got wore out on that through the 360 PS3 generation. And then right. last generation I said, well, I'm not going to buy any of these. Mm-hmm. And then you end up just feeling like, fuck, you know, I, I either got to go back and play this old busted version of this. Right. Uh, or I got to go back on my word and buy the thing I said I wasn't going to buy. Right. So I just think it puts the community in a bad spot. Right. I already gave you $60. Right. Yeah. For this game. You know, like I'm, I'm fine with people putting in all kinds of value add stuff and skins and all that stuff that you don't have to buy. Yeah. Uh, you know, just do right by me and, and honor my original purchase and, you know, give me the PS5 version of a PS4 game. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, true. Uh, but you know, as, as we saw this week, judgment, uh, you know, that uh, offshoot game from the Yakuza team mm-hmm. uh, that has a new version coming to the PlayStation five and there is no upgrade path. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just like, Hey, give us 10 bucks. Cause I'm even fine with that. If somebody says like, Hey man, we put a lot of work into this. Give us 10 bucks. Yeah. And we'll, we'll let you step up to the new one. Cool. But like having no option for that just, I think, blows. But yeah, right. that's a strange, different tangent. But uh, yeah, the PlayStation Portable is the subject of the day. And I fucking loved that system. Yeah. But, uh, we'll circle back around and talk about that here in a little bit. Absolutely. Um, getting into uh, what's been happening in the news. Uh, we got uh, Activision with a bunch of layoffs recently. Um, yeah. It was, you oh. know, it, it, it's happening. So, you know, yeah, it's... a lot of their uh, that, that seemed to be more from their esports divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Activision had uh, had waged heavily towards esports being this thing. Remember all that staffing up that they did for like the Overwatch World Championships and all that shit, mm-hmm. and you know, got a deal with ESPN. Did you ever watch any of that? No, never did. To me, I think that broadcasting video games on television where they play real sports, yeah, makes video games look like a fucking fraud. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it, like, it, I, just, I think Joe Sixpack that's you know just wanting to watch Sports Center is flipping past ESPN three and going like, what the. F- Fuck is wrong with young people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, I like that it that it presents it in a new light and it, for a different audience, you know. Because they, I mean, it, it helped with uh, Magic: The Gathering for a lot for a while there, but then, you know, like nobody watches, nobody goes to ESPN three to watch, you know, freaking uh, game. You go to YouTube. You go to you go to Twitch. Like that's where you go to. Well, like that's where you and, go. And and I think my issue is not with the idea that you, someone would want to broadcast. Uh, you know, competitive video games. 
It's the fact that they try to present it in almost the exact same way as they do sports. Yes. Yeah. Agree. And totally you know, agree. Like everyone's wearing a fucking Monster Energy drink branded logo mm-hmm. T-shirt with yeah, you know, nine bumper stickers on the yeah. back of it and shit. Right. Uh, it just, everyone looks like a shitty NASCAR driver. The only thing I like about that is with the uh, and I don't watch this by any stretch, but like the Overwatch League thing. Uh, the only thing I like about Overwatch League is they give them all their own sports, lo- every team a little sports logo, and I just I'm a sucker for sports logos, so I enjoy it. I'm but more also, a sucker for the names. Yes, yeah, the, the names and the logos I absolutely love, and that, <laughs> but that's it. The rest of it's stupid, and I don't really care. You're like <laughs> the Vegas Vertigos and shit like that. I just yeah. it's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> I just want someone to take the old XFL team name, the New York New Jersey Hitmen. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, give me that yeah. team. Right, man. Uh, it was a shame about XFL losing it again because man, cause I the, thought it was pretty good. It was going pretty good there for a bit, and people were kind of enjoying it because. Uh, and then, yeah, the, all the, hey, the Rock bought it, so and the he Rock, said he's going to broadcast it next year. So. Yeah, the Rock did buy it, so we'll, we'll we'll see if that if that keeps on keeping on. So. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think The Rock is really starting to, uh, I think, overspend some of his cachet in the world of pop culture. I mean, did you watch that show? Uh, oh, the Young Rock thing? Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I've, I've it is heard... rotten. Is it? I've heard I've heard good things. I don't know. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> that show fucking sucked. <laughs> well, I okay, so I don't know if Jamal enjoyed it too much. But he did say he appreciated that they they didn't like show Rocky Johnson in like the perfect light, which was interesting. So, well, yeah, like, do, yeah. you know, just a carny. Yeah. You right. know, like Basically. work. And yeah, I like the idea that, you know, there's a lot of pro wrestling, you know, inside term references. And there's a, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, honor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, placed upon a lot of the you know, like the guy that got to play Andre looks fucking exactly like andre and right. you know like they, they i thought there was a lot of good casting in there i just thought the writing was just boring yeah uh it yeah. just granted i don't like sitcoms i think they're the pits I, of entertainment i'm with you there i haven't enjoyed a sitcom for a long time since seinfeld Se- God, well, yeah do you consider curb your enthusiasm to be a sitcom yeah it's a situation comedy i i i i'd, I'd classify that because okay then, or, yeah. with the exception of Curb Your Enthusiasm, I haven't liked once inside. Yeah, the the last one I enjoyed was, uh, w- and I didn't watch it regularly, but I enjoyed it when I watched it. Was uh, Modern Family? That was like the last one. You know, I've never seen an episode of that show. Pretty good show. I enjoy that show pretty pretty thoroughly. Uh, I, I, I'm a big Ed O'Neill fan. Love Ed O'Neill. Um, See, yeah, I I had a No Ma'am shirt in high school yes. that they uh, that they would repeatedly tell me not to wear to school. Yeah. It was because it was too hilarious. People, yeah, was laughed too much. people loved it. People <laughs> laughed too hard. That's what it was. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, you know, uh, Activision laid off a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Uh, it's I think that this is going to be a story that we start to hear more and more. The mm-hmm. expansion contraction of the industry. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's going to accelerate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's, 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 it's a, it's a model that's unsustainable in a lot of ways. 
Um, and I don't know if they can, all the AAA studios can keep up with it. So, um, yeah, stinks. Uh, FPS boost. You want to talk about that? What yes. Is the um, FPS so boost. This is something that, uh, it was rolling around in beta. We had heard about this stuff for a while that, uh, Microsoft was looking at, um, from the kernel level, uh, being able to take games that had a 38 FPS cap on them and remove the cap, uh, well, replace the cap with a 60 or even 120 uh, FPS uh, frame rate. Mm-hmm. So uh, they rolled a bunch of that stuff out as part of them adding the Game Pass a fuck ton of games. Right. So the deal with Bethesda uh, since the last time that we podcast was finalized. I know we talked about that in December, but you know, this when it's an eight billion dollar acquisition, these things take time, right? Uh, so this final and it's got to get through regulatory in Europe and then in the U.S. and all that stuff. Right. Uh, so, excuse me, as part of that uh, uh, deal being finalized, they uh, rolled a bunch of Bethesda games onto Game Pass and included a bunch of improvements to those. Mm-hmm. So uh, Fallout 4, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, uh, Dishonored, Definitive Edition, Dishonored 2. All those games you can now, uh, in the Manage Game tab, uh, you can actually allow those to run at double the refresh rate. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and it just does it. Nice. So it won't do it on boot up because it is an option. And it's not in the options menu in the game. Because the thing about the FPS boost that I think is most fascinating is that it requires zero intervention from the developers. Because Mm. a lot of games that don't get updated for new consoles or resolutions or any of that kind of stuff, it's because, well, we're working on our next project. I don't know. I can't devote a bunch of guys to go back and fix this. Right. Uh, Just because your new system has more power to it. So Microsoft is able to do this at the top level to force this uh, refresh rate in these games as long as the developer gives their, uh, their blessing for it. Right. So I think that's fucking incredible. Right. Um, and I played uh, Dishonored Definitive Edition and uh, Fallout 4, which is a notoriously rough running game yeah. on last gen Xboxes. Right. Um, and they run flawlessly. Nice. Like it just works. Like yeah. it's the 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 best thing I can p- say about it is the simplest thing. It just works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and you. it's buttery smooth. And uh, I hate to say it, the best place to play old games right now is absolutely the Xbox. And they keep proving me true. <laughs> also, another note about Game Pass is that uh, uh, EA's games that were in their EA Play Vault. Right. Uh, so they're games that are like 10 months or older. Um, yeah. Old sports games, uh, that, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, that even that new uh, Star Wars Squadrons, their dogfighting game from back in the fall, they're all in there. They're all in Game Pass now. Oh, so the Game okay. Pass, especially if you have Game Pass for, uh, for Xbox, there is a shit ton of games to play in there right now. Uh, <laughs> Microsoft is really, really making the best of the time right now. Because there's all of that, uh, uh, you know, nobody can get a PlayStation. Uh, honestly, it's really hard to get an Xbox as well. Right. But nobody can get a PlayStation right now. Right. So they're using this time that they have to build a really strong case for maybe you don't need that PlayStation. Yeah, it's true. 
Maybe uh, you don't need it. Because 95% of games are in both places. Uh-huh. They're the same money. Yeah. The Xbox Series X is a, is more powerful. Yeah. It's true. And it does backwards compatibility better. And it has Game Pass. Right. So it's like kind of, whoa. <laughs> I, you're seeing a lot of dots line up here. Now, the, mm-hmm. there are things about the PlayStation. Their new VR thing, which they unveiled this week, seems pretty cool. It's right. got nice modern controllers for it. It's going to be a one cable setup, not that like eight cable octopus thing that came off your head with the PlayStation VR. Right. Uh, you know, their controller, I think, is really fascinating. I've loved it every time I've picked it up. Uh, it looks like a museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people might like that. Yeah. Uh, my wife says it looks like it has a tumor. Yeah, uh, a little bit. It's hideous. Yeah. Um, but hey, some people are into that. That's cool. Sure. Um, I still can't get one. Uh, yeah. And now I'm starting to wonder if I need to buy one. Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't. <laughs> uh, it, I will own one, you know, just to be thorough. What's exclusive uh, on it? A like Demon what? Souls remake. Demon Souls, yeah. Uh, Ratchet and Clank's coming out later this year. Okay. Um, uh, Deathloop, is that exclusive? Uh, for, well, it's on PC. Okay, yeah. So, And that's the other thing is that uh, a lot of PlayStation games are starting to uh, come out on PCs, and I've got a good one. So, like, yeah. I'm, st- I'm sitting here starting to go, like, am I, am I going to skip a PlayStation? <laughs> Maybe you do. I don't know. I... Um. <laughs> Something tells me I'll get one. Right. Uh, but I'm definitely not going to go out and pay a scalper or fucking wait out in line or anything like that. I mean, right. it's just we're at the infancy of this generation. There's kind of not much to play. You notice yeah. all the stuff that I've been talking about playing on my Xbox is old shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, we're in the midst of a worldwide pandemic and there's kind of no games coming out. Right. This week that we're in right now is the end of the fiscal year for most of these companies. And what's come out? Yeah. Typically in the last few weeks of the fiscal year, that's when like a big heavy hitter will come out. There's almost always a WB game right around now. It's usually like a Mortal Kombat or an Injustice. Nothing. Uh, Right around now, there's usually some kind of Tom Clancy game like The Division or something like that. Nothing. Right. Uh, You know, uh, Microsoft typically releases a game right around the end of the fiscal year just to kind of drive sales. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's (laughs) buddy. It's it's true. You know, last year, most of that stuff that came out yeah. was stuff that was already in the QA phase near the end. Right. But this year and maybe even next year, I think, are is going to be very thin. Yeah. Because these games that should have been coming out now should have been really ramping up production last year when everything ground to a halt. Right. Yeah. So there's, uh, in you know, you can see that in you know, renewed focus on stuff like, I feel like there's more people talking about Fortnite right now than there has been ever. <sighs> yeah. Uh, they're doing all that DC stuff, like the Joker and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I want it to be the shitty Joker though. The, uh, just every time I get shot, I want him to say, we live in a society. We live in a society, <laughs> man. Man, I watched. We'll talk about it next week because you haven't seen it yet. But I watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League. We do need to talk about Snyder Cut and then maybe some Falcon Winter Soldier because that that was. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about something good. Yeah, right. (laughs) Something that was pretty good. Something that was fun. 
and yeah. enjoyable. And uh, yeah, so Hallelujah, <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I still haven't watched the Snyder Cut. I actually think I'm I'm pretty interested in it. I don't know what I think of it though. It's so. better than I thought it would be, but man, right? I've seen marriages shorter than that yeah right it's 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 like my it's my stance on batman v superman i don't hate it as much as most people do i still don't think it's good i saw it this week i saw the ultimate edition for the first time it's it's any version of it i've seen for the first time yeah yeah. it was fine yeah it's fine yeah it took Um, itself really seriously i'm sure yeah yeah it does it absolutely absolutely does do that um but you know what is super serious business hoss boom is uh, Sega Astro City Mini Arcade. Yeah, so uh, this coming Friday as of this recording, so what is that, like the 20-something? Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the guys at Limited Run Games uh, are re- releasing one of 3,500. You know, they're mm. going to run a 3,500 of these uh, Astro City Minis. Yeah. Um, they're... It's basically uh, the Neo Geo uh, mini that had the screen in it from a couple of years ago, mm. except it's designed like the Sega sit down candy cabs from Japan. Um, it's got a really interesting mix of games on it. I- I've heard some uh, iffy stuff about the emulation. Yeah. Um, for the 3D games. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it's got. It, and also, just like the Neo Geo thing, it doesn't have a battery in it, mm-hmm. um, which means it's got to be plugged in for you to use it. Gotcha. Which, it, given the fact that it's got a screen in it, seems weird to me. <laughs> uh, I thought it was weird with the with the Neo Geo as well. So I'm not just you know riffing on this thing, uh, but yeah, it's got an interesting uh, uh, you know cast of Sega's older arcade games. Uh, uh, some of which we've talked about before, uh, but you know it's got really old stuff like Flicky, which is like from eighty nine, no eighty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a Sega System one board game. I remember uh, Flicky, yeah, yeah, Flicky's great. Yeah, um, Puyo Puyo two, Virtual Fighter. I believe Virtual Fighter two's on there. Uh, there's stuff that's missing that you would want in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. I feel like there's a lot of their fighting stuff from the nineties that I would have wanted to, wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of that stuff was not actually, it might've been in arcades, but they're really more associated with being Saturn games, like fighting vipers and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, fighters mega mix. Yeah, oh, man. I love fighter. Fight. You can be the car from Daytona <laughs> and punch people as a car. I mean, it's just, <laughs> What else do you need? That's, uh, That's yeah. Cool. Uh, it's got uh, some Alex Kid love in there. I mean, like you know, there's Golden Axe. There's some good yeah. stuff in there. Uh, the uh, the Alien Syndrome, uh, the arcade version of Altered Beast. So it sounds a little bit more like he's actually saying "Rise from Your Grave" instead of "What?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's got 37 games on it. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a little pricey. I think it's like 150 buck. And then if you want the controllers, which are awesome looking, <laughs> uh, they're like 30 buck. Yeah. Uh, but if anything, I might just buy one of those controllers. It's a six button game and it's got that radial pad like you had on the uh, uh, the Saturn. 
Yeah. Uh, so it should be pretty good at fighting games. Yeah. Uh, and I think it just looks so good. I'm gonna. I'm just. Can I? Yeah, I can put this in Slack. I just. I want to get your. <laughs> no, love uh, Discord. I want to get your real time opinion on how dope this is. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, look at that thing. That Isn't looks, that awesome? That looks like a Ninja Turtle. It does. Yeah, it's super bright green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that stuff looks really cool. Um, yeah, it's nice. I might buy one. Mm, I bought all the other ones. I've even got the shitty PlayStation. Um, I've got the t- uh, two different versions of the Turbo uh, Turbo Mini. Yeah. Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, but also, those are starting to get expensive. Like the, the TG16 Mini, they're already starting to sell for like two and $300 online. Right. Uh, and that was 80 bucks. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I got the SNES and the NES and all that stuff. I, I just like these little mini cabs. I think they're fucking rad. Right. Um, and when my office is done downstairs, they'll look really good on a shelf right. and then never be touched again, probably. Yeah. Uh, exactly. but yeah. Uh, so I, oh, the other weird thing about the Astro City, and we can leave it at this, is that the idiots put a 16 by nine uh, ratio screen in there. Right. But all the games are four by three. Oh, interesting. So you just have all this wasted screen real estate. (laughs) And I'm not saying like, you know, that it's like the worst thing in the world or anything, but it just seems like just give me a bigger four by three. Right. You know, it, yeah. I don't know. That, that just seems like a weird omission. As somebody who just watched Justice League in four by three, let me tell you, not wild about that aspect. Right. right? <laughs> An entire uh, movie. Of course, that's a, a video game that was made for that specific reason. And then a modern day movie for four yes. hours. Yes. That's two different things, I feel like. Four so. hours is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Astro City Mini. Uh, uh, catch it. Yeah. Uh, although you won't have long, it seems. 3,500 yeah. of those things. I think those are going to go pretty quick. Right. Exactly. You played Doom Eternal? Let's play. What, what, what have we been playing? What have we been playing? Yeah. Uh, I, I played through Doom Eternal, uh, The Ancient Gods Part 2. Okay. Uh, which concludes the final act of Doom Eternal. Nice. Um, I will say, if you're someone who is turned off by how hard... Uh, the Ancient Gods Part 1 was. Mm. You'll be happier here. Oh, okay. Uh, Not as difficult, this one. No. Um, so, as someone who always plays on ultra-violence, um, and I'm pretty good at Doom, I died a lot <laughs> uh, in the Ancient Gods Part 1. Uh, yeah. This one, uh, I finished it all in one sitting, so that, that'll give you a good idea of it. Do I didn't even have to get up and walk away and bitch for a minute do you think that was on purpose do you think they tampered the second part down from i i think they response? just listened i yeah, think they just response. listened yeah uh because i think at this point especially because of the implications of what happens in the ancient gods part two i think they wanted you to see how it ended right yeah uh yeah i yeah, think yeah. that was a priority of theirs is that okay uh right. but yeah yeah it's interesting uh, i have it, news that sounds like kayfabe news yeah the Great Khali's going in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah, Great Khali's going in there. Along with it's uh it's a year of the big men. You got Great Khali and Kane. Kane's going in, so that's pretty cool. The Great Khali? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's of course he will. It's like he's I whatever, you know, he <laughs> like, 
Like, at least put him in the celebrity ring because he wasn't much of a wrestler. I mean, he wrestled. I'm not going to, like, take that away from him. But, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it's great, Kali. They like him. WB likes him a lot. I, I don't know why, but <laughs> that company very much likes great Kali. I'll never know why. I'll never understand it either. Uh, I always got terrified he was going to break his legs whenever he walked oh. into the ring. I was horrified for him every time. I was terrified. All right. Sorry. That, that's my little yeah. wrestling divergence. No worries. I uh, just happened uh, to look at my phone for a minute and I saw a notification and I was like, this can't be real. Yeah. No worries. I played Rad uh, this week or the past few weeks ago. Tell uh, me of your adventures of Rad. Rad is, uh, is a little, it's baby's first roguelike, I would say. Um, it's, uh, it, it's probably centered towards kids a little bit. It's very simple, simplistic uh, in a way, but uh uh, decent graphics. It's isometric uh, gameplay, roguelike, as you would say. Um, but um, you know, y- you go into a mission and you have to finish that mission. If you die, you have to start over, basically, right? Um, but the cool part is, is uh, as you go around, you collect these, this kind of like purpley plant kind of things that give you rads, which are just radiation, basically. And uh, you're in a post-apocalyptic world, so there's radiation everywhere. So you collect this radiation, and when you fill up your ra- your radiation bar, you get a mutation. So when you get a mutation, it's just like a power-up, basically. Like, one's like the boomerang arm, and your arm, like, kind of comes off as a boomerang, and, like, it shoots out, like, a little bit. So you have uh, a little buddy you can put down as a turret, and you can blow him up as a bomb. and, and You know, stuff like that, right? Crab legs that give you, like, a good double jump and, like, an attack, right? Um, a cobra head. Stuff like that. It, it It's interesting, but it gets pretty cool as you go around the levels and you collect rads. And the mutations can stack. So, basically, every level you can activate a boss by activating these two little, like, um, two little laser beam temple things, right? That opens up the temple and you go in and you fight the last, you fight the boss of the area, right? Um, you can choose not to do that for a while and just build up your attacks, build up your levels and get your, um, and get your radiation up. So you're just this ultra freaking great mutant. And then you can go in and take the guy and take out the boss pretty easily. Uh, or you can run in there and try and get it as quickly as possible to get, you know, to get it over with and stuff like that. It's very interesting. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good game. So that sounds um, really interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you were looking it up at all, but uh, it, it, it's pretty cool. It's a fun little roguelike and uh, pretty, pretty easy for, uh, for like first time gamers to play, you know, for kids to play, I'd say. Um, uh, but it's cool. I enjoyed it. Thought it was fun. Okay. From like, uh, you know, dead cells to Hades, where are we talking difficulty wise? Oh, well below both of those. I would say <laughs> it's like, it, it's not, it's not not difficult, which is interesting because it's like, you know, it, it, it is, like, if you're not playing well or you're not playing right, like, if you're just, like, hitting the, the mat, if you're just mashing the attack button, you're not going to get anywhere. You got to know when to back off, you know, know when to do the roll. You got to have some Dark Souls abilities. You know, you got to roll. got to roll properly. Um, and then, depending on which boss you get, because the bosses are random, and there are some bosses that are just, like, way tougher than other bosses. So, um, yeah. So, it, it, it's an interesting game. I, I, I enjoy it. Very cool. It's called Rad. It's got a... Good art it's rad. It's pretty rad. I enjoyed it. It's pretty rad. And there we go. Very cool. And that's what I played. Uh, and that's it for all that. 
Meaning we can get into the PSP, I believe, correct? Yeah, let's talk about the PSP. Let's talk about the PSP. Brandon, tell me everything you know about the PSP. I know it's the P- PlayStation Portable. I I know that Hornswoggle played it a lot when he had to hide under the ring. Uh, he did. For hours on end. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... You know, well, I'll give you a little bit of the history and then we can kind of talk about the the different models and the uh, in the reception and all that kind of stuff. So the PSP was originally announced during E3 2003. So you have to think about where Sony was as a company. They were in the process of I'm sure somebody had a twinkle in their eye of what the PS3 was going to be. And the PSP was going to be basically the next step for Sony towards building an all entertainment device. Mm -hmm. So the, you have to think this is 2003. This is, uh, before, uh, iPod videos, right? This was before the zoom. This was, you know, six years before the iPhone. Mm -hmm. So the idea that you, that Sony was pitching a PS two caliber experience in your pocket right with a 16 by 9 widescreen lcd display right. in a world where most people didn't have an hd television yet right this yeah. was the most trailblazing mm. design that was hamstrung in a couple of ways right. but this was for the time yeah fucking fascinating yeah and it was in the same way that when sony jumped into the uh the the home console market. This was the same kind of feeling. Is that is Sony about to run the table on Nintendo? Right. Yeah. That, uh-uh. It was. It was. Uh, it was ahead of its time, as the engage was for Nintendo. I'd say. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. Th- this was no Nokia engage. No. Uh, no. Th- it was. Th- but yeah, I remember it really being like the the news surrounding this thing of like, oh, you can get playstation like graphics on a portable like hmm? well and it was fully out of the box it was uh had the ability to natively run original playstation games right uh so there was a bunch of those available on the store and the cool thing was once the ps3 came around it was a buy buy it in one place play it in multiple Right. So you could buy those games, play them on your PS3, and also play them on your PSP. There was there was just a lot of really smart decisions made at it that I think could have been revised had they launched this thing with a second stick. Mm, yeah. One of the biggest problems with the PSP at launch was that uh, they were... The the system was great for fighting games. Uh, it was great for racing games. Like Ridge Racers came out with it at launch, and I thought was one of the most impressive technical showcases I had ever seen. Mm. I was just, you know, going from the same day that I played Ridge Racers, I was playing, like, Advance Wars on a GBA. Right. And being like, wait, this is even an option for me to hold in my hands? (laughs) Uh, You know, and at launch, there was also Wipeout Pure, which was a really high-res, 60-FPS futuristic racing game. And you're like, dude, this shit looks fucking amazing. (laughs) Uh, And what they were able to do on that system, even later in its life, I mean, they just continued to, you know, like they put uh, 
uh, Liberty City Stories and Vice City Stories, those Grand Theft Auto games mm-hmm. that were just a little scaled back from GTA 3 and GTA Vice City on the PS2, but they were entirely new, like 25-hour games. Right. Like, this thing was capable of so much right. uh, to be in such a small box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but le- from the beginning, uh, most action games, third-person shooters and stuff like that that people wanted to put on there, mm-hmm. uh, you were locked into funky control mechanics. Right. Uh, so what a lot of people did for shooters was they had you use the X square triangle and circle as like your WASD and then look with the left stick. Right. Um, which was fine, but then you were really limited at the amount of inputs you had because it didn't have two shoulder buttons on each side. It had one right. on each side. It had only one. You know, yeah. So your input started to get you know pretty hamstrung. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's the elephant in the room here that they were able to fix later by launching the store, which happens to be going offline soon, mm-hmm. uh, was that these games loading off of UMD, their proprietary, it looked like mini discs, yeah, a format. They were very slow to load. Mm, um, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, these games look better than Nintendo DS. It's like, yeah, but I turn my DS on and I'm playing in six seconds. <laughs> like, yeah, right. It just goes. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing that. So yeah. here it is the problem with the PSP is yeah. it's not the slow loading. It's not any one thing. It's the combination of all of these things. It's the fact that they wanted to build big console experiences to be played on the go when you're probably playing in 10 minute increments. Right. That's, that's just the long and short of it. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the PSP experienced a huge, crazy amount of success uh, in Japan because of the success of monster hunter and local, uh, local play. Right. Uh, The wireless play that you could do. So people would like hang out in, you know, subway tunnels and stuff like that and play Monster Hunter with each other wirelessly. Right. Um, You know, it's one of those things where you just connected peer to peer. You just had to be in a proximity of each other. It didn't require a router or, you know, internet connectivity or anything like that. Um, And those games don't require a right stick. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... The the one thing I will say about the PlayStation Portable is that it lived way longer than you would think it would have. Right. Given the fact that the problems that it had when it launched in America in March of 2005. Right. Remained issues with that system until what was it 2012 when the Vita came out. Yeah. They never added a right stick to it. Right. You know, they, despite the fact that that thing had several revisions, they had a 2000 model, a 3000 model, uh, and they had the Go. Yeah. Uh, the Go was the one that only played digital games. So if you get that one after next month, you're really fucked. Yeah. Uh, unless you want to mod the shit out of the thing, and you totally can. It's not hard. Right. Uh, but the, uh, you know, the PSP Go was like, you know, it didn't play UMDs at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they made all these revisions, they improved the screen, they changed stuff out. They did all kinds of things that it, that made that system yeah. better and have better battery life. Yeah. But they never went that extra mile to put that other stick on there. Right. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe they felt like with how successful the 1000 series was, they didn't want to deprecate it and piss people off. Right. Because you got to think about the time that this is really becoming an issue and people are really disappointed by that. Yeah. That's right around the time that the PS3 is coming out. So you don't want to be seen as the company who's cutting their consumers' throats whenever they can. Right. So yeah. they just kind of struggled through it. Well, and you also got to think that um, uh, 
they discontinued the 2000 and the 3000, I think, uh, two years before they discontinued the original 1000. So I think so. Uh, or no, I think the 2000 was also, no, the 2000 is the one that lived. The 1000 was deprecated first. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah the, the three thousand got uh, discontinued before the uh, uh, yeah. the two thousand. People and, liked the two thousand more. I, I I'm getting a little bit hazy on the details, but if I remember correctly, the two thousand had an LED display, yeah, and the possibly the three thousand was a cheaper LCD display that dis uh, that displayed some kind of strange interlacing issues. Possible. Um. So. That's that's what I remember of the time, but we're looking we're we're talking about something that <laughs> happened more than ten years ago, right? So you know, a while ago, it was ancient times. Uh, yes, uh, and I'm, rem- I'm remembering all of this from memory. So I, then, yeah. then you had the PSP Go, which had a two year lifespan, which that little it, flip it phone. really wasn't even that long. It was yeah. only about six months that that yeah. thing was really alive, and then they were just selling yeah. out inventory to clearance. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. That, that was a little flip flown style kind of thing that kind of flips up. Yes, slid out almost. Almost like a uh, uh, like a T-Mobile sidekick. Yeah. Um, so the 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 rough road for the PSP Go is that it was one of the most forward thinking devices that they could have had. Right. Um, it avoided some issues that the PSP had. The Memory Stick Pro Duos you had to buy to store games on and music and movies and whatever the hell else you wanted, porno, whatever whatever you wanted to put on there. Right. Um, those were kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to go more than like one gigabyte. Right. Uh, but the PSP Go had 16 gigs, you know, right. and it was expandable. Mm-hmm. So if you were someone who only wanted to do the digital stuff, it was actually like brilliant. I also think that the the design for it was super slick. Uh, I really, really liked it. Um, from a sheer design perspective, also that smaller screen hit a lot of the like aliasing and jaggies and stuff that you would find, mm-hmm. uh, in PSP games that were trying to push the hardware more. Right. Uh, so the games ended up looking sharper. Yeah. Uh, which I really dug. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the PSP is the kind of system that I think set the table with the way that, uh, they treat the internet services now as a company. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a, it was a hard taught lesson of the ways that people like to experience entertainment. Yeah. Um, so they, tr- they launched it with all sorts of stuff like uh, UMD movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally yeah. like Gamefly will have a sale and they'll have some UMD movies in there like Legends of Dogtown and I'm that's like right. oh man that's right yeah do you, do you want a UMD copy of Stealth starring Jamie Foxx Jamie Foxx's Stealth Academy Award winning actor Jamie Foxx of that year did he get it did he get that Academy Award from Stealth no he didn't no, no he got no. it from Ray but same year <laughs> same it year. came out the same year oh man but yeah the uh the UMD stuff they were trying to do, you know, and you have to put your fucking, your, you know, 15 year ago hat on, longer than that, mm-hmm. you know, hat on. The, uh, uh, the movie stuff, you couldn't do that on any other platform unless yeah. you want to bring a laptop with it. Yeah. They, you know, they, they had a lot of like ex- exclusivity with this platform, you know, they, they, they put, a lot of their big names uh, with exclusive content to this to this platform. The 
the Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. I remember that being a big deal uh, because that only came out on PlayStation Portable, right? Am I being stupid when I say that? Well, say that one more time. Uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. I think that. Yeah, was it never came anywhere else. Yeah, it never came anywhere else. Two God of War games, Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta. Uh, those were uh, exclusive. A, a couple of Kingdom Hearts games? Yeah, a couple of Kingdom Hearts games, I believe. Uh, Monster Hunter Freedom was a big one. Star Ocean uh, First Departure, I think. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, those Ridge Racer games, those uh, Wipeout games. Uh, yeah. You know, the there was just a lot of really cool stuff. There was a really cool port of Darkstalkers at launch. Yeah, that's right. At launch, uh, Darkstalkers. There was a really shitty version of Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it really bad? That sucked. Interesting. Uh, that's funny. Wasn't emulation pretty easy on it, too? It's super. I mean, because yeah. it was, you know, it was as capable as a PlayStation 2 from a, a hardware perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, so you had this ability and you were running it at a lower resolution because mm-hmm. the screen is smaller. You know, right. I think it was like basically the equivalent of like 240p is what that thing ran in. Right. Uh, which was an acceptable resolution for the days because you got to think that's what YouTube was running at mm-hmm. in 2005. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. It's a, you know, that it's that was crazy it. to think that, but we yeah. were all looking at 240p video. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so you just, you just accepted it. Yeah. And on that small of a screen, it hides a lot, you know? Yeah. It, uh, it, it's an interesting thing. Piece of hardware is not a whole lot of peripherals with it either. You know, like there weren't a whole lot of like things to bring in and attach to it like Nintendo does with their portables. Yeah. Um, the, the memory card thing, uh, it would continue to haunt them uh, in the uh, the Vita mm-hmm. uh, yeah. lifespan as well. So, you know, it's it's just one thing to keep in uh, keep in mind. Is yeah. that, you know, yeah, it didn't have a whole bunch of horse shit that they wanted you to buy, but what you had to buy was expensive. Right. You know, because for the day, this was a very bleeding edge piece of technology. You know, it launched at $300. It was a Cadillac item. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it was when Sony really wanted you to pay $600 for a PlayStation 3 and right. you know, stuff like that. So, you know, they, they really, the, the one thing I will give them credit for is that they, uh, you know, they did push. For a long time, I would say through 2010, they were continuing to try to make inroads in the U.S. because they ended up selling about 80 million of these things. A lot of those in Japan and Europe, but they continued to try to make inroads in the U.S. Right. Uh, and it's to their credit. I mean, especially those God of War games they made. Those are fantastic. Chains of Olympus and Ghost mm-hmm. of Sparta. Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, it, it's a tribute to them that they didn't just try to send that thing out to die. They did do that with the Vita. They put that thing out to die. Yeah. Uh, but that yeah. was a different Sony. Yeah. The Sony that was releasing the Vita was a Sony that was more willing to cut tail and run. Uh, and, you know, it, for good or bad. Uh, the problem is, as somebody who bought a Vita and thought that was a fantastic system... Yeah, I think that really sucks. Yeah, that they uh, didn't have a lot of confidence in it. Yeah, we we have an episode about that actually. Uh, yeah, it, it's the death of the PlayStation Vita. I think is one of the saddest things. Yeah, yeah, definitely go back and listen to that one. Um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, if I, if I had it on the top of my head, I would tell you which episode that was because I remember liking that one a lot. But um, yeah, man, it it it, it it's an interesting. It's an interesting thing to, to look back at these, you know, the, the the old portables that and like you said, like to have this digital in this digital framework 
of having, you know, like, oh, the, you know, uh, uh, what's the library going to be like 10 years down the line? Oh, nothing. It's, it's gone. You know, it's like, that's interesting to me. So uh, like you say, in a, in a preservation kind of standpoint, you know, to, to, to not have anything out for those games, to not have a library for those anymore uh, is interesting. Well, and the fact that you gave a lot of these games away as value adds as part of uh, the PlayStation Network. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in the in the, the case of the Vita and the PS3, I don't believe they gave they might have some PSP games away, right? Um, as digital downloads because those worked natively on the Vita, right? Um, but you know, the idea that there is you, you gave all these things away for people, and you the way that you state this is you get to own it for as long as you have an active membership, right? And, you know, the people who are on your network, the people that are downloading these things, the people that want the stuff, these are like your most indoctrinated consumers, you know, the Mm -hmm. ones who hit that download button every single month. Right. Whenever the new stuff comes out. Right. You know, I think it's, uh, I think shutting these services down and just building a walled garden where, well, it stops as of today. I think that is not doing right by your customers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's, it's sad that the final act of the Vita which was so mistreated. Yeah. Is going to end that way. Yeah. You know, the PSP, it had its lifespan. You've had a very long time to enjoy those games. I get it. But right. with something like the Vita, it, that thing, you know, it's not eight years old, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, it was. True. And it has solid, solid library too of games as well. I'm well, gonna... it just the fact that you, if they're going to shut these servers down for you to, buy stuff i get it man because you know a lot of these uh, a lot of these business deals will start to expire and stuff like that but you need to uh, like put out a patch where i can still go in and download what's mine right because what if a memory stick fails what if a hard drive fails these things are getting old yeah it's true you know like and then and you know these are also the same people that say that i can't legally back any of this stuff up yeah it's true (laughs) so you're just saying that it's gone. When when the passage of time happens, it's yeah. you know the, the fucking guy from the South Park episode, you know, and it's gone, and it's gone. I mean, it's true, you know. Even even with things like uh, even things with like PT, man, you know, like you, you, you that's can't... different. You didn't pay for that. It's true, but I'm just saying, like, like it's just like in a preservation stance, not like you know, not just uh, not just from from purchase, but like yeah. just a preservation situ- situation, like like. And I know there's legal reasons they can't do it, and you know, to bring it back or anything, but it just a digital sale or a digital platform like that. It, it can, it can happen that that thing just never gets to see the light of day again. How long before we got to see the Scott Pilgrim game back anywhere else, you know, like it was gone. It was just a lost game that, you know, nobody, you know, nobody could play, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to think about when you just have games that you just can't have anymore. Like, well, and especially like with stuff with like the Vita and the PSP and a lot of those strange games like Nobi Nobi Boy and stuff like that on the PS3. Mm-hmm. This stuff goes away. These hard drives die. It's gone. Yeah. It's just gone. Yeah. And, you know, it unless someone really wants to, for whatever reason, positively embrace piracy, shit's just gone. Yeah. So right. you know, what Sony is basically doing is they're encouraging people, fine, go download shit illegally. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, that, I guess, is that. 
I guess that's that. I guess that's where we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to end it. Uh, go back and listen to our PlayStation Vita episode. It's episode 130 of the Video Destruct podcast. Go listen to that one as well as we talk about how that one was railroaded into being completely uh, completely obsolete pretty much out of the gate. Um, uh, and it, it sort of echoes a lot of what we're saying here. They did a really good job of making you forget that that thing existed for a yeah. couple of years there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, then here, here's the bigger brother, the one, the, the more successful uh, big brother that uh, always gets praise at the at the family dinner table. Why can't you be more like your brother, Vita? Why can't you be more like the PSP? So, you know, uh, he found an audience and latched onto it. You never did that. You never found an audience. <laughs> he had exclusive games. The from- only people that liked you were the perverts that liked the anime games. <laughs> he found and the we God of War. don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> he had the God of War crowd. Where were they for you? Well, anyway. he had a God of War game. <laughs> Well, you know, got a war game, mom. I mean, so like you know, uh, I guess we can, you know, if you want to really figure out why the Vita didn't succeed, uh, here's what their exclusive salvo was. Oh yeah, okay, a subpar Uncharted game, mm. Woo. like the fifth Luminous game. Uh, yeah, Gravity Rush, which was pretty okay, Gravity but Rush? Not, well, that's yeah. not something that's going to sell a bunch of units. No. No, not at all. It's not going to be a game changer, but it's a solid game, but it's not going to be a game changer by any chance. Yeah. And a wipeout game that didn't run at 60 FPS. <laughs> yeah, not not great. Yeah, it's um, not good. That's, that's not a good way. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically what's really weird is that if you go back, you can track this. All those studios, with the exception of like Sony Bend that made uh, the Uncharted game, yeah. almost all those studios, they would release their Vita game that they were working on and Sony would shut them the fuck down. Right. It's like you went there and that was your exit interview before you got fucking fired was to go work on a Vita game. (laughs) Oh, geez. But that's it, my man. That's it. That's all we got to this week. Uh, Good, good episode today. Uh, Go check out uh, this episode and many others uh, at videodestruct.com. You can check us out at videodestruct.com. You can also check us out at destinationcomics.com slash DNN. Check us out on Facebook at Video Destruct. And we're still on Twitter at Video Destruct. But you can also follow me on Twitter at Hoss underscore buddy, H-O-S-S underscore B-U-D-D-Y. I talk about video games. I talk a hell of a lot about comic books. Mm -hmm. I read a lot of comic books. Yeah, which Uh, is weird to me. I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's weird uh, for it's me. It's relaxing to me. For, so. for anybody that just met you recently, it's like, oh, he likes comics. That's not a big deal. It's very weird for <laughs> that me. That been something he's been into for a really long time. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it's literally 2020, and that's it. <laughs> well, I had that bout, what was that, in like 2015. I read yeah. a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, uh, started, I read a- you started dabbling about, about 20... 18 is where you really started to dabble i feel like. yeah like basically all i read in like 2015 was i read a bunch of batman yeah, yeah. and then after that yeah. i found out i was like man i must have read like most of the batman that matters no <laughs> no there has been 80 years of batman <laughs> it's a lot of batman <laughs> grant morrison maybe you've heard of him 
I mean, granted, th- there's always the ones people point to, you know, for those yeah. sorts of things, obviously. But uh, yeah, uh, we got some we got some comic book content to put out too sometimes. So we'll, we'll, we'll be getting to that as well. Uh, see if people enjoy that as well. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. But that's it. We're out of time. We got to go. Yeah.